remembering Kangaroo Jack. You know they made a, two cartoon movies, right? Jack. You no. don't know about... <sighs> it sounds vaguely familiar. It's one of the worst movies of all time. Okay, okay, the, the movie was a live-action movie with some really dodgy CG. Where what happens is it's about these two losers that have to transport some mob money, and they put the money in, like, a hoodie, and they, like, accidentally hit a kangaroo while driving. And Kangaroo uh, Jack. <laughs> Neil's never seen it, so I'm trying to tell him what it's about. I've never uh, seen it because it's a terrible idea. Okay, and so they hit this kangaroo while driving, so they decide they'll just pose with it. So one of the guys, the, the dumb guy with the, with the hoodie with the money in it, decided to put it on the kangaroo and then take some pictures. And then the kangaroo woke up and hopped away. Oh boy! I think I broke Neil's brain. Uh, yeah. Well, how, how could you not? It's just like the dumbest idea ever. Oh, and they made two anime movies about that too. Uh, because then it was a franchise. <laughs> we got a kangaroo in a hoodie. That's very Australian. <laughs> no, the 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 uh, the one thing though that uh, everyone talks about is there's actually a a singing sing- sequence where the kangaroo sings and dances. What? <laughs> what happens is the main character gets whacked in the head and he has a dream sequence. Okay, at least it's a dream sequence. But see, the whole thing is the uh, the trailers showed only this part. So basically they're trying to sell this, you know, it's a, it's a talking, dancing, singing kangaroo movie. Hey, wait a minute. That film's got the guy who was in Sliders who was in the movie with the cockroaches, Joe's Apartment. Yeah, and it also has uh, that Which black guy that black guy from, uh, from uh, Scary Movie. Which one isn't is there a bunch of them? <laughs> the the, he, the heavy one, not oh. the one that's not a weigh in. Okay, does that help? No, the one that's not a weigh in, because all the other there's ones like, are weigh ins. Yeah, but there's like fifty weigh ins. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, the, the 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 one that was in Transformers the first movie. Oh, yeah, so. I got him. Sorry, the kind, the kind of whiny guy. Yeah, yeah. See, I knew Neil would know once I said that. Yeah. He's a magic word. <laughs> so let's see here. So Neil, Chicago's known for the deep dish, but you don't really go for deep dish, huh? Yeah, I'm actually not in the city. <laughs> I, as you as you may have noticed, I don't have a Chicago accent. The Chicago way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really there is there's like a wall of separation. <laughs> I, I even noticed it watching the news. Really? Yeah. 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 They'll, they'll be talking to like uh, some alderman or something. He, he's talking like this, and I'm I'm like, wow, I, you know, like, they're only like like five miles down the road. Yeah, and and it's like it's like a different it's like a different state. Wow, I went to Chicago once back in um, talking to CES, and it was the summer CES, and I just remember walking out of our hair, and it was this cold wind came in. It was like I just remember thinking, this is just like that that shot in Cool Runnings with the the bobsledders go to um. They fly into Canada or whatever, and they walk out into the snow, and it's freezing cold. For me, it was exactly like that. It's like, open the door, it's like, holy shit, this is cold. Oh, the yeah. Windy City. For the middle of summer. That freaked me out. But yeah. um, Well, you know, standing tall on the wings of our dreams. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we don't like to talk about that. Is that state motto or something? No, that's a, that's a really bad sitcom that's set in, in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> well, nothing's going to stop us now. Wait a minute. That's familiar. What's that from? <laughs> that, that's, that sounds familiar. Go on, tell me. Is it which one is it? Is it Perfect Strangers? Yes. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. And then there was uh, Family Matters took place in Chicago too, Neil. Yes, it did. There you go. So Steve Urkel. 
lives fictitiously lives around here. Wow. Yeah, I remember but, uh, there was a video of a bunch of internet lol cows that they congregated in front of his house. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but fortunately, we have gunsmith cats, which also <laughs> takes place in Chicago. One of the best animes ever. Yes. Yeah, give it that. No, there's nothing set in Brisbane, um, but we went, they, they made lots of stuff here. There's a uh, there was that one episode of the Bizarre Foods where where what's his name went to Australia. You wouldn't come to Brisbane though. There's nothing, there's nothing particularly bizarre about what we eat here. Even, even kangaroo is pretty unbizarre nowadays. Actually, he did eat kangaroo in a fancy restaurant. And oh, you can get it in like the grocery store now. Oh, how is You're it? In the, it's a very lean meat, so it's kind of um, it's harder to cook because you don't get all the fat flavoring it. But um, it's fine. It's actually really nice. Okay. Um, actually, I would. Um, I'm waiting for you to say it's quite lovely. I wouldn't say lovely. It's meat. I, I know it's just every every time I, I hear I hear uh, an accent hear someone describing meat I always I always hear oh it's quite lovely oh, I say it's quite lovely yeah. it's very it's, it's an excellent meat it's a, with a flavor of piquant flavor with a slight air that knows about it with a, <laughs> exactly it's just like dog food really because it's the same stuff I feed my dog <laughs> <laughs> no really like kangaroo is like they mince up for dog food for like for, for so long but because there's so many of the damn things around. <laughs> Because they are a pest. They 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 breed like crazy. They're like well, they breed like rabbits. Well, actually, actually, yeah, that that's that's the little problem, isn't it? Yeah. So like, yeah, that's why they cull them, and that's why they make food out of them. And but um, yeah, like they are a very lean meat, which is really cool. So they are good for you. I, I had I was talking to a dietitian, and they said, "Have you tried kangaroo? Because they're a very lean food." It's like, well, I haven't had it in a while, but yeah, I might try that. It's just. You do have to cook it differently to beef. Say, so. mm, I was just picturing. I was just picturing. You, you know, apparently Neil, uh, a Burger King in in Australia is Hungry Jacks. Yep. And I was picturing. I was picturing if they made a, a kangaroo burger, they'll call it a jumping jack. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Web Comic Beacon, a topical web comics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about some gadget. Oh, yeah, let's get started. Neil, you ready? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> okay, Steve, you ready? I am ready. Okay. See, I am ready. What language are you doing this in? Si hablo español? Okay. Oh, okay, we'll do English. Okay. Because that's my Spanish.
Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, uh, tonight we're talking about Inspector Gadget, that lovable Deke cartoon. Uh, it's from the Golden Age of Deke. Uh, the very, very, very short Golden Age of Deke. Uh, I'm your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Go, go, Gadget Brella. And we have with us uh, Space Captain Steve. Hello, everybody. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is Inspector Gadget, uh, the very short Golden Age of Deke. Yeah, the Golden Age of Deke, of course, also included Heathcliff. <laughs> You're stretching it there. Hey, Heathcliff had some beautiful animation. Deke did a lot of good stuff around the Gadget era, though. They, yeah. they had that really big output for a while, and they sort of totally died off. Yeah. During that, that you know, what, four or five years? There's like, you'd see them on everything. It's like, oh, they're doing that and that and that. Um, but yeah, I think Gadget was the highlight. Yeah, well, Gadget is the highlight. And uh... this was still when they were doing a lot, of, a lot of animation in America. And if you watch, if you were a kid around that time and you were watching Inspector Gadget, you couldn't quite put your finger on it, but something was off about it. It's, it's very strange. And what you come to realize is that it's one of the it's one of the earliest cartoons that I've ever noticed that was done in a different country. It's Japanese animation adapted to an American audience, and I I can't think of another cartoon before that that did that. There probably were some, but uh, Inspector Gadget is the first one that I vividly remember. Isn't it true that the the Deke stuff's very much more international feel? As in, it's not not even just American and Japanese. It's got a bit of the I just felt that French and Italian feel to it as well. Oh, absolutely. A lot of this stuff just had that more international feel about it um, in a good way. Absolutely. It had to touch a loop-on to it. Oh, it did. It certainly did. Yeah, Yeah, they they could walk into a loop-on cartoon and they would fit (laughs) right in. So much more so than than Detective Conan does. Hey, that crossover was brilliant. It was. But I'm just saying, if if Inspector Gadget and Lupin the Third... Matt, you, they would not miss a beat. Okay, I'm, but you know, any any excuse for animators to animate Fujiko, I don't care what the what the. But but we we were joking earlier that this cartoon stars uh, one of Neil's favorite voice actresses. Oh yeah, Cree Summer. Well, Neil, let's be fair. This is back when she actually did more than one role, and it was back when she was a child actress and had a really cute, sweet voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the, the joke is that uh, we always say that the Cree, Cree Summer usually plays, uh, you know, no matter what the role is, it's always a sassy little, you know, sassy it, number five. Sassy number five. It'll, it'll be typecasting for half of it, you know that. Well, but yeah, that's true. So right? I'm trying to be fair because, like, you go through and you're, and you're doing uh, or like voice auditions and you listen to actors. Half it's like. They doing the voice the, like if you know if you pick it by actor you're going oh, I want them for doing that voice they've done you want I want something like that because you don't have to think and I'm sure a lot of guys producers and directors of the stuff are going I've got 50 episodes to put out I just need sassy number five uh, actually I surprised two, Neil. number six actually I surprised Neil by revealing to him that uh, see we watched we when we did the commentary for uh, for the uh, Thundercats episode uh, Legacy. The one that took place in the past, you know the one, yep. Steve. Uh, yep. I revealed that that really sexy panther, yep, was voiced by Cree Summer, and Neil couldn't believe it because <gasps> it was a different character. Because you can act. Whoa. 
Yeah. That's, that's how it works. Like, Chad, some of them said, like, I need you to do another voice. Okay. Yeah, it's a, but yeah, that's that's one of my favorite reveals to Neil is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Does another voice. But, but yeah, a great voice cast. And we have to also mention, before we really get into it, the pilot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The mustachioed Gary Owens voiced, totally different gadget. It was still kind of cool, but it was it was a British voice that Gary Owens was doing. Yeah, this is a lovely deep, rich voice, though. <laughs> I'd almost buy it. <laughs> but we were saying before that um, for me, once once Don Adams took over, more Maxwell Smarty. <laughs> would, <laughs> would you believe? Word. Yeah, I think that's when all the writers start, they clicked, and Gadget becomes Gadget. Yeah, and and one thing I love is you know. Just the fact that he is so stupid. Oh but, yeah, but because it's it's all Penny and and the brain right. doing everything, and <laughs> and half the time he's he's chasing Brain because Brain is in disguise. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like hey, wait, that? get back here. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of my favorite lines in Gadget is there's um there's a couple of mad agents dressed up as like aliens, and he goes, "You can't be Martians. There are no such thing as Martians. You must be Venusians." And he runs around the whole episode trying to chase down the Venusians because there are no Martians. It's like, yeah. it just that weird logic that that stuff just as I wasn't a kid. I was, in my, I was a teenager when they came out, but I still loved it. Like Gadget, it just clicked. It was kind of adult enough. And what I, loved is, what I loved is the Chief always had <sighs> this message will self-destruct. It's always just a piece of paper and it blows up in his face in new exciting ways each time. The way the Chief's always in disguise as well, some ridiculous disguise to just give Gadget this piece of paper. That explodes in his face. <laughs> yeah, but he always has the pipe and the big yeah. mustache. But again, you can see those elements of um, Get Smart and that where they're just taking Chief and um, and that whole, not so much... Um, well, with Chief Crumby, they do the whole, you know, the exploding the face and the gaze. It's, it's more Clouseau on that front. Yeah. Uh, but just that whole suffering, the main character that you have with Chief and Max in uh, Get Smart, I think that sort of translates across. But I, you can see the elements in, in Inspector Gadget where they've sort of the inspirations. But I, I think they do this thing where they really made it their own thing, which is awesome. That's how it should work, you know. Except for Brain. I think Brain's pretty original. Yeah, and uh, Penny with her book that turns into a laptop years before uh, a laptop you, showed up. You know, you wanted one of those. It's like, oh, wow, the book and you can type stuff in. And, and the dog with the radiant collar that could talk back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, you did have a cool cast of like the um, the main characters. They they interacted really well together. You know, they, 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 they had their different roles and they played them, and that, that sort of dynamic really works. You know, Chief and Penny and Brain, and then whatever rad, random mad age you'd have. My favorite one was um, Macho Miguel. They needed to do more episodes with him. He was the guy that'd come in and have the, the flamenco sort of music playing. I am Macho Miguel! <laughs> and there'd be the guy actually playing with it and stuff. Um, I think it was one of the earlier episodes, but yeah, oh no, might have been later. Yeah, and then you had cool gadgets <laughs> that never worked. And uh, who here knows about Dr. Claw's real face? The one in the head oh. on the figure? Yeah. 
I had a friend who I saw that in the shops, and I never bought it because I had that little box around the, the blister pack, uh, the in the blister pack around the face, so you had to buy it. But a friend bought it. He said it looked like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> well, the thing is this: uh, the people who made the who people who made the uh, who who made the uh, cartoon and the action figure knew kids would pay like through the nose for it, so they put like this they put like yep. this this huge piece of cardboard over the yeah. face of the figure, so you can't find out until you buy it. Wow. Thinking, what's he going to look like? It's like, I would have had that or a metal cat head mask thing, I'd imagine. But that's pretty obvious. Yeah, here's a piece of obscure trivia. There is an Inspector Gadget Super Nintendo game where it also revealed uh, the face of Dr. Claw. It's the same face. Really? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So at least they were consistent. Sure, yeah. I I always like to bet that you never saw it. That that whole don't show stuff just sort of worked because it was just... As a kid, you'd be knowing, oh, what's it look like? And you just know, it's like, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to share you all with the uh, blister pack here just so you can all look at it. And it, it doesn't look too thick, so you don't need lineman dykes to cut through this. Oh. <laughs> you, you see how smart these guys, these marketers are, Neil? Yes. <laughs> how much money do you think they made? Oh, tons. Are you kidding? They would have made tons. Yeah, this is what happens when you open it up. Wow. Same face yeah. in, as in the game, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think that would have worked in the cartoon. That would have just... Something something about faceless villains, you know, you just... in you... that deep voice. I remember people always saying they always imagined his head was like Destro's. Yeah, like, the, you know, there's a mechanical version of the, the mad symbol with the cat sort of head. Imagine him wearing a helmet like that or something. Yeah, well, the thing is, he has a metal hand, so I like everyone I know says, oh, his head must be metal like, like Destro from from G.I. Joe. Because that, that would have looked cool. Freaking. <laughs> is he supposed to have like that monkey eye? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's supposed he's supposed to be uh, he's supposed to be uh, wall-eyed. It definitely is. Less, less scary when you see him like that. But the mystery makes what makes him scary. Well, it's not really scary. Oh, that voice, that deep... It, was that Frank Walker? Yeah, it was. Okay. <sighs> And really? here comes here comes the trivia that everyone knows is that it's the same voice as Soundwave without the vocoder. Yeah, because when in Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, he does that voice. They didn't use the uh, the encoder, so he sounds like Doctor Claw when he's doing Soundwave in Revenge of the Fallen. And I think Neil's going to kill me for mentioning that movie. Hey, well, here's some trivia for you. When we were recording Blake Hit and the audio, we did it at Salami Studios, which is a, this um, Burbank studio where they film a lot of the cartoons. To do the voices like um, they were doing Scooby Doo at the time, and Frank Welker was there. And the guy who directed up uh, Blake Hidden Voices has worked with Frank a lot of times, so I actually got to meet him and shake hands. And he's the nicest guy ever when you see him. He is Freddy, like <laughs> from Scooby Doo, and he does. But he did the um, um, <sighs> I've gone blank now. Did the voice Megatron? Well, he, he did the Megatron voice. It's like saying hello. It's like listen, they <laughs> but um, really, really, really pleasant guy. But he does. He's doing um, Scooby now. He's taking over for that. Oh. Did he? Did he? Did he do? Uh, well, he does all animal voices. Yeah, he specialized in that stuff. But he took over from um, was, uh, was Scooby Doo Doors Butler originally? No, no, no. Um, no, it was uh, Don Messick. Don Messick. Yeah, he took over from uh, the late Don Messick recently doing Scooby. Um, but yeah, he's Freddy most of the time, and he's like, oh. But yeah, super nice guy. Gee, gang, we really should solve this mystery. Yeah. But like, 
it was weird. Like I'm shaking his hand and talking about some stuff. He does the, the Mechatron voice, but like in my head, I'm seeing old Freddy with the cravat, the, with the Windsor knots. Like, oh, okay, yeah. But um, yeah, that's my little bit of trivia. That was a cool. One of the cool things doing Blake Kitten was getting the cat. <laughs> Meet him for like two seconds, but it's still enough. And he was also the voice of Brain. Well, it's it's annoying animal. It's of Animals. course he was. Yeah, it's a well, specialty. Brain wasn't that annoying. Well, he wasn't the monkey from Captain Planet. That's for sure. That's true. And one of the things we did talk about, we have to formally apologize, uh, St- Steve. Uh, you know, Australia was not represented in Captain Planet. All the other continents were. That's because Australia was heavily polluting the environment <laughs> on purpose. They take that environment. <laughs> Keep Captain Planet away. Yeah, if we can't be part of your gang, we're going to take our environment and wreck it ourselves. Well, the rabbits sure did a good job of that. Uh, yeah, we didn't bring the rabbits here. Or Europeans brought the rabbits. There were no rabbits here before that. We had our own giant kangaroos. Oh, no, sure, we did have giant kangaroos, but, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, there are fossils of carnivorous kangaroos. Big carnivorous megafauna. Wow. I know. I remember that uh, around there. I think it's New Zealand. There's a there's a there's a hawk that's big enough to pick up uh, an emu. Yeah, the what's it called? The rhea. Yeah. Uh, but they've got like this other thing. That, they have like a large parrot. It's a flightless parrot in New Zealand called the kakapo, and it happens to like chewing on tires. So people get flat tires. <laughs> these things are big. They're a big flightless parrot, like a size-wise. I think it's about a foot tall. Like. A heavy set parrot, but bigger than normal. And they go around, they bite tires and cause flats and stuff. At least that's what my New Zealand friends tell me, but that could be like drop bears for all I know. What's the nickname for New Zealanders you all have again? Kiwis. That's right. Because of the named after the bird. Uh, I thought the fruit. <laughs> no, that's, that's also known as a Chinese gooseberry. That's the old term for it. I didn't know. I didn't know uh, that. Uh, Chinese gooseberry. Gooseberry. Gooseberry, whatever. That no one calls it because kiwi fruit's much easier to say. Okay. Well, back to Captain Planet. Uh, one of the episodes are. Been... No, yeah, back <laughs> no, no, to Gadget. Okay, back to, back to Inspector Gadget. Pardon me. That was two episodes ago. Pardon me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a. Uh... True colors are showing through now. Back to. <laughs> well, that Captain Planet was the last thing I said. Okay. So back, back, to, uh, back to Inspector Gadget. One of the episodes I remember was uh, the one where Inspector Gadget has to go into a race with his transforming car what did it transform into again i remember it had it, it was like a, an 80s uh, sports car and then something else the van it had a van yeah. version and then the like, the plane version it turned into and a the, plane yeah and it yeah it flew the gadget mobile did everything so it was more useful than him oh yeah it actually works <laughs> as well yeah, and the opening credits it changes from a grocery getter to a police car i think and yeah. I, thought, I thought it transformed into like a sedan into a into a sports car well, whatever. But well, it's more of a. I always give it more of a van because it's got that, that high back. But yeah, it does. It's got a whole bunch of different modes. And I'm, there was a toy of it released as well. I remember wanted to get it. I was technically too old for that stuff at the time, but uh, uh, I really. Well, I remember there was a. He was racing because Doctor Claw was racing in the evil Doctor Claw mobile, and you know they were both racing each other. And Neil remembers this episode, right? Uh, refresh my memory. Well, basically, uh, it was like at uh, at one of those important Italian races, which name I forget. And uh, it basically, uh, Inspector Gadget's uh, uh, 
organization set him up to be one of the racers, and Dr. Claw decided he will personally race in this race with his evil Dr. Clawmobile, and Dr. Claw is like taking taking out the cars of all these drivers, sabotaging them, so he'll he'll win the race so he can get the money or something like that because because apparently uh, his organization needs uh, money and they don't have cover twins with an economic theory. I think I've seen this episode of Speed Racer. <laughs> yeah. well, the big truck, right? That's the one. It's a two episodes. Yeah. Monster truck. Like, the schedule wasn't going for like uh, unique stories ever. It was going for for, je- like, for jokes. Yeah, and they, they they hit the mark on the jokes pretty much most of the time. Ba- basically, wherever the episode is, either a ski resort or an Italian raceway, it it it's it's just a vehicle to deliver jokes about that setting. Yeah, yeah, and that, that worked fine. They didn't pretend any up. And there was always the. Well, I, I remember. Like, I remember one where that took place at like a Canadian logging factory <laughs> or something. I don't know what they call a logging plant. A mill, a timber mill, a timber mill. Yeah, pardon me. <laughs> yeah, but you would have had the, uh, I guess, the lumberjack themed mad agents. That's the thing they always liked. That. <laughs> oh yes. Those two mad agents would always be themed by where they were, but they still had the hoods. Well, they're the well, they're, they're they are lumberjacks, and that's okay. Uh, I see what you did. <laughs> Didn't want to go for the obvious gag there, did you? <laughs> actually, I'm looking on. Anyone know what the if the, those two um, henchmen actually had names? Um, Neil, do they have names? I'm on Wikipedia. Uh, what is a gadget wiki? Is there a gadget wiki? There probably is. There, there's a wiki on everything. Oh, yeah, there it is. No. Uh, there is inspectorgadget.wikia.com. It's empty. Someone's getting in there early. 20 hey, articles. There are 20 articles in this. Okay, I'm looking at what the 20 articles are. Uh, dude, we slowed the server down because three of us are looking at it. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> no, no, seriously, it won't connect me to it now. Are you sure they're not they're not just blocking because of SOPA? No, I think this we're, we're just we're hammering their servers. Wow! It could, be, it could be a denial of service attack. They're worried about that. They're trying to block that. <laughs> <laughs> we've had more hits in the last hour than we've had in two years. Well, you know what? There's one good thing about this is there is no gadget boy on this wiki. Oh my yeah. god. No way, isn't there? There's like a whole bunch of spin-offs that we don't want to talk about, right? That just do not exist. They never happen. Please. <laughs> they never happen. Uh, I, I got a can... DVD in a cereal box once that was one episode of Inspector Gadget and one episode of Gadget Boy. And it was just insulting how how the uh, the quality of animation just drops. Isn't there also like, what's the other one? There's a Gadget Girl or... We don't talk about that. Oh, Neil. What? You know what uh, Dr. Claw's full name is? Um, no. Dr. George Claw. (laughs) They must have thought really hard and long about that name. Come on. George Claw. Oh, the actual Wikipedia article actually has... Okay. Do Do you remember a character in the second season of Inspector Gadget, Neil? That was Inspector Gadget's sidekick named Corporal Cape Man. Yeah, played by Townsend, Townsend Coleman, Coleman. <laughs> who we all know as, wait for it, Michelangelo of the original 1989 Ninja Turtles. Ah. Oh, God. Ah. 
I, you know what? I stopped watching before season two, honestly, because I never remembered Corporal Cape Man. Yeah, season two is kind of weird because I think they moved the recording studio, and so they didn't have access to some of the voices. Yeah. Pre Summer is not in this season. Mm. I'm, yeah, I'm sure I, Frank Welker was. Oh, yeah. I barely remember this. I, I couldn't describe any episode if I tried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all the same boat there. But the first season, oh, awesomeness. Yeah. So, yeah, I just don't remember Corporal Cape Man. And apparently he was like quite important no. in the show. And I'm like, who is this guy with the safety hat and the cape and the giant sea belt buckle? What, what, what is this? No, I totally forgotten about that until I saw that picture. It's like, oh, oh I, I blocked that from my memory. <laughs> oh, I was doing, I was doing so good, and then I saw that. Yeah. Wait, but. So yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking at the episode guide here. So, uh, so yeah, there was uh, two leprechaun agents <laughs> when when uh, Doctor Claw stole the Blarney Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, he didn't have an economic theory, Neil. Remember that. Just, just steal <laughs> random crap, and then you'll be ruling the world. Yeah. You know, question course, mark, profit. And it works so well. It works so well for him. He probably spent more money on the, the, the actual plans to take over the world than he actually even well, did you, getting stuff. Well, you know what the health plan is like for leprechauns, especially with an international organization? <laughs> it's It's... <laughs> Pay it through the what? nose, just just for the just to say that you you know you you hired diversely. You know, and those agents must get pretty. Uh, the, the henchmen must get pretty good um, danger money. Yeah, yeah. Mad agents disguised as druids when they steal Stonehenge to turn into a heat ray. <laughs> you know what? Uh, this is season one stuff, but you know what? I'm still going to remember it fondly because, like I said, the setting wasn't important as much as the setting was just to. Uh, just to uh, set where the jokes are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what works. Whether it be whatever they were doing, really, and you think about it, there's always something. Now, the pilot, didn't they actually cycle that into the into the first season and just redub it? Yeah. And they kind of made a lame excuse for the... It's for a disguise the... for vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I love, what I love is the original opening actually is the exact same frame-to-frame animation, except he has that mustache. Yeah. yeah. Which means in the old days, you would have to re-ink and trace all that stuff out. It's not like a computer <laughs> where you could just in post, just, you know, remove that. Yeah, it's like, you got to go back from scratch and physically re... Well, basically reanimate it, because you can't just ink and paint them out again. you got to get rid of the mustache, so you got to draw what's underneath there, so you're tracing all those frames again. Yeah, it wasn't That's like a, the age. It wasn't like the age of Funimation where they could just paint a tomato <laughs> on top of it. Well, if they had a way, they would have tried to though. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's still one of the funniest censoring bits I've ever seen in a cartoon. <laughs> you know about the tomato soup, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Why do I keep thinking of Gadget Girl? Stop. It's it's going to just bring you pain. The, the Inspector Gadget that's a female one but looks like Gadget. No, no, you're thinking of Gadget Boy and Heather. Is that what it is? Well, okay. And stop it. Stop it. Hey, I'm not having dirty thoughts about it. No, it's, uh, you know, if we keep on doing this, we're going to have to talk about the uh, the Matthew Broderick movie. Oh, jeez. Or worse, the French Stewart movie. 
Oh God! Which it's... was which was filmed in Brisbane, and I had friends who worked on it, and yeah, that was still a shit movie. <laughs> God, would, were... would be would be so bad to say. I think Fred Stewart was would be a better Inspector Gadget than Matthew Broderick. He's, I was, more, I could... he's more um, closer to what the character would be like. But neither of them is neither of them. Neither of them are good. I'm just saying better. It, 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 you know, we're talking we're talking purely, uh, you know, academically here. It's it's. I, I believe the term is lesser of two evils because <laughs> they got it so wrong, both of them. Both just then again, most of the gadget stuff's got it wrong after that first series. But look when you actually look at the spin-offs and what they were trying to do, so they don't quite remember what they had. Gadget and the Gadgetinis. Uh, I've seen an episode of that. Uh... It was one episode enough. Yeah, it's kind of this weird. There's gadget. There's these little red and blue gadget clone things, which worked fine in a Mario game when they had Mario versus Donkey Kong or whatever. They had the little Mario-y things, the robot Marios, but the, yeah. Gadget and the gadget teenies. This is a video game. It was a bunch of stuff they were trying to push that as like the new gadget. Didn't really work. Yeah, I, I think I think this is a part part of the time when someone tries to. Uh... It's kind of like super robotic gadgets. Yeah, and it looks like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The photo on Wikipedia with the the gadget and the black raincoat thing, as opposed to a trench coat, because you know would want to look like a detective or an <laughs> or an inspector, Clouseau, or uh, or a constable. Yeah, it's like. Wait a minute, Inspector Gadget's like Inspector Clouseau. Now I get it. That's why he had a mustache. <laughs> that all makes sense. <laughs> well, what's, what, <laughs> what, what's one of your favorite of Inspector Gadget's uh, ridiculous uh, gadgets? I always remember the uh, the Gadget Ear one was with that big... Um, it's this kind of weird sort of uh, radar dish that pops around his ear. <laughs> oh, the one ca- that lets him listen better. Yeah, that that always catches in my mind. I, I mean, I always love the helicopter because it's the obvious one. Yeah, uh, it's just because it is cool. I like the little why he needs the handles to actually steer it and stuff. <laughs> I don't know it, it's like you're, this is coming out of your body. You don't really need that, but it's, it's a cool visual for like a silhouette. So yeah, it's obviously coming from an animator doing that. But <laughs> what, what I love is what I love is the uh, is the the. The comedically cartoonish little umbrella <laughs> with the handle holding it that comes out of his hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah anything that like... had the Mickey Mouse gloves, anything that had the springs. <laughs> oh, the springs on top of the head. That's yeah. Pretty yeah, much. it's uh, you know this this cartoon lends so much to to Blue Falcon. Yeah. Oh. Dino Dynamite, the original Inspector yeah, Gadget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is probably why they went for Gary Owens. <laughs> but but Dynamite was Gary Owens, was he? No, it was Blue Falcon, Falcon Blue was. Blue Falcon was dope. Yeah, Dynamite yeah. was um Frank Welker. Yeah, <laughs> who also voiced. <laughs> so <Star> wait, <laughs> so wait, so when they did the pilot, they had <laughs> Gary Owens and Frank Welker, but they switched and roles. They swapped them First. Oh my god, <laughs> there's so many connections. <laughs> my mind is blown. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's like there's just so much stuff there, you know. Yeah, Frank Walker got to play the competent one, and and uh, <laughs> Gary Owens got to play the, the bubbling goof. See, it's perfect. Uh... Do you remember the? Uh, do you remember the robot chicken uh, Inspector Gadget? Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. 
they actually got Cree Summer to play Penny again, but I think she forgot how to do Penny, and she's totally number fiving it up. <laughs> well, she's a bit older now, so it'd probably be a hard yeah. to do the kid voice. I'm trying to remember what that was. Did did they turn him into the Terminator? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because one of his parts were malfunctioning, and he decided to use a part from Cyberdyne to replace it, and then all of a sudden he went crazy. Oh, yeah, I, just, <laughs> I see it on Wikipedia mentioning it. Oh, yeah. So they got Frank Welker back for it as well. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm going to hunt that down. And uh, as he's rampaging, all he can just say is, I'm always on duty. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Penny kills him by uh, by uh, finding the chief and like throwing throwing the chief with the uh, with the exploding paper at Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I wonder if I got that one on DVD. You probably do as a season one. Yeah, oh, that I means I have it. I think I've got season. I have season one. A lot of the golden it, robot chickens in season one. Yeah, I think they even real... have. I think they even have Enter the Fat One in season one. Yes, they do. That's one of my favorites. It was weird. Like just, just quick robot chicken aside. Like at first, I didn't get it and like it at all. The first thirty episodes I saw, and then it clicked. It's like, oh, I get what they're doing now. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird. Like some shows, you're like, you like, you know, it's comedy and stuff. It's like you just don't get the humor, and then until you click, and then you're on the same wavelength, and it's like, oh yeah, now I get it. It took it took the enter the fat one for me to get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one was glorious. Then again, after that, it's like it's like gone from strength to strength. I, I, I mean, that was one of the best jokes ever. Went where you know part of the Ninja Turtles uh, repertoire is <laughs> radical awesome. They added Reaganomics. <laughs> <laughs> and now, whenever I, I listen to the '80s Ninja Turtles, I'm just waiting for one to say Reaganomics. <laughs> And okay. remember, fat one. Only one of these turtles is voiced by Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> it's jokes like that. I'm like, that just makes me go, wow. I know what you mean. But uh, back to Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Now, Inspector Gadget kind of became the unofficial uh, mascot for Deke for a while. He because he's really their only real original character, I think. Because they they were. They mostly licensed stuff. And, yeah, uh, Heathcliff they, was was a comic strip. Yep. Yeah, and they, they'd stick them on DVDs and DVD menus for other cartoons like Super Mario Brothers and shit like that. Oh, uh, Deke did Super Mario Brothers. They did. They did the Super Mario Super Show. Speaking of which, oh, no. guess who made a little visit to uh, Mario Brothers Plumbing in one episode? No. <laughs> yes. And it was obviously it was not Don Adams. Well, I th- that sucks. Then they should have they should have yeah. paid him. They should have paid the extra fifty dollars. Yeah, but I don't remember the name of the actor. <laughs> but they they dubbed him over with uh, Don Adams. Pat, no, with a different different actor. God, we talked about him last time, and I now I forget again. Uh, anyway, yeah, he visits Mario Brothers Plumbing to get uh, to get a tune up because his gadgets are malfunctioning and. Uh, they they take him apart and it, you know it's only like it's only like a five minute story because they have the cartoon in the middle of the show. It's like all these wacky gags about how he's he's like disassembled and crap. I have one question, fellas. What's that? How long have you two been working for the evil Doctor Claw? <laughs> and then at the end they they add a they added a couple new gadgets and he leaves and he's like go go rocket shoes. You see the silhouette of his feet going by a window, 
and uh, he like goes out of control and crashes. But it was one of the uh, stranger episodes. Stranger, stranger than the one with Sergeant Slaughter. Oh yeah, which if we go by the speedy rule of uh, of crossovers, that means that Sergeant Slaughter went from GI Joe to visiting Mario Brothers, <laughs> and then and then becoming an Iraqi sympathizer and getting hit with the big leg by Hulk Hogan. Oh. Gosh. And it all takes place in on in on the autistic kid's brain. <laughs> That's my joke. <laughs> That's like a euphemism for network executive head is No no it? no no. There's a, okay, I'll tell you I'll, I'll repeat it for our listeners just one more time. Uh there was a show in the eighties called Saint Elsewhere. I remember it. Where at yep. the last episode they revealed that the whole show happened in an autistic kid's brain, because they they think about doctors all the time. And uh, what happened was was Saint Elsewhere also crossed over with Cheers, and Homicide Life on the Street. Homicide Life on the Street therefore also crossed over with Law and Order. Cheers crossed over with Frasier. Frasier crossed over with Caroline in the City, which crossed over with uh, Friends, which crossed over with, and it just goes on and on and on. And you find out eventually this means that this means that uh, all of prime time on all three networks takes place in this kid's brain. <laughs> and, a little, and, a little, a little, and a little bit of the CW too, Neil. Oh, wow. Just think about how much that explains about network television now. Uh, it all makes sense now. If you look at it, you can actually link, uh, and this is going to hurt, you can link uh, Smallville to uh, to uh, X-Files and X-Files to uh, – uh, I need to pull up the chart again, but there's a giant flow chart that shows which shows crossover where, and it, it, it hurts. It actually hurts, and there's actually the Amwest Batman somewhere in there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, any any show that has Richard Belzer in it is automatically connected. Is already is automatically a network in itself. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to say this is like a waste of time and bizarre, but I can just see the logic behind it all too because it does make sense. Because you've got Batman links to Green a Hornet, so Green Hornet. You've got I'm sure there's a link in there to something else. It's just sort of all merges together into one big smooshed up weirdo universe. Well, actually, Green Hornet links to Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger links to... to uh, I, I think that's a dead end right there. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's... Uh, well, actually, didn't, didn't, didn't Lone Ranger like team up with uh, Paladin and have good will travel, or am I just imagining it? Well, it doesn't matter. If you can link anyone to Batman, you've got all of the DC Universe they link to, so you've got like one big connection to just about everything else there, because... Someone from the DC universe has been somewhere else. I just think it's amazing that X Files takes place in the same universe as Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thought, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that, that's supposed to feel good or bad because apparently, oh, apparently, Detective Munch showed up in X Files, <laughs> and that's the link because because Homicide Life on the Street crossover with Saint Elsewhere and Save Elsewhere crossover with Cheers, and that's the link. That's actually one of the the shortest links to the chain out there. <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah, there you have it. It's all an autistic kid's brain. So, uh, <laughs> what? Where? Where were we with Inspector Gadget? Oh, oh yeah, it's. Uh, we were talking about the the stuff that Deke was doing. I think at one stage. Yeah, with uh, swinging your arms from side to side, Neil. Oh god. <sighs> 
That's right. Another washed up wrestler. <laughs> hey, you gotta start somewhere. Or yeah. stop some or stop, stop somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That was sure a dead end for him. Yeah, but he got to be in the autistic kid's brain. So wait, I just I just jumped to the deep side. I'm looking at all the stuff like they did at the same time as well in the eighties. And you look at it going, wow, they, they really were doing a lot of everything. Like it really is like a list of just pretty much everything you're watching on TV on a Sunday morning. Deke was behind in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and as much as I as much as I slam Deke from time to time, they really were blowing away both Hanna Barbera and Ruby Spears at the time. Yeah, rightfully so because because let's be honest, Ruby Spears kind of sucked then. Hanna oh, Barbera yeah. was getting real cheap back then, and I mean it, it almost makes you want the Yogi's Gang back. <laughs> no, no, nobody wants a yogi for the animation it's time for intermission boys and girls do you like retro shows did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s then tune into telecast geekcastradio.com's newest podcast join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows such as Clarissa Explains It All Salute Your Shorts Saved by the Bell and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. Coming April 10th, 2012, the GeekCast Radio Network launches Mask Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. So yeah, Erica Horn was Penny in Season 2 of Inspector Gadget. Hmm. And her name is in red on Wikipedia, so she wasn't noteworthy. Oh, uh, that explains okay. why I have no idea who she is. Yeah, it's like just silence. Yeah, <laughs> this we need the sound of cricket to play crickets or a, a tumbleweed to roll through. Yeah, Inspector Gadget. Well, it's just it's like it's, it's no, well, I, it have I, a great song. It's yeah. theme. It actually had a very good soundtrack. I remember actually picking it up on tape, cassette tape. <laughs> actually, lots of cartoons used that soundtrack after Inspector Gadget. <laughs> that was, um, what was it? Uh, Jean Chalopin? Yeah. No. Did, did you do music on that? No, I'm thinking. Yeah, of... yeah. Well, Jean Chalopin was one of the creators of the show, actually. Yeah, so I'm thinking of the composers was uh, Shuki Levy and Haim Saban, who does Saban Records. So that's why I had good music. Yeah, there's a music guy on it. But, um, no, the. the a lot of the music on that was just really catchy, humble. The, the incidental stuff, in particular, but the, the main thing. Well, the incidental stuff, like I said, that uh, you know, Deke reused that like Deke reused that like crazy. Which is weird because a lot of it's just like, yeah, it gets the gadget stream all the way through it. You don't really pick up the notes. Yeah, but uh, I, I I know I heard a lot of the incidental music in tons of other places. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, enough, there's enough stuff in there that they can cut around it if they wanted to get rid of it or just play it because I don't care. <laughs> I think wasn't at the part, point of not caring anymore. No. <laughs> they did no, get that there, took, huh? <laughs> that, that took place in, in Captain N Season 3. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, Haim Saban, huh? Yeah, one of our favorite people. Oh, that's Saban. Yeah, yeah. that's Saban. Oh. <laughs> 
teenagers' <laughs> attitudes. That's a bummer. But yeah, Inspector Gadget is is definitely one of those wacky cartoons that they don't make anymore. Because you yeah. know, because it it takes a certain kind of sense of humor to make wacky that ages well versus wacky that children can watch and then if adult watches again is like, what is this? Well, I don't think they're doing wacky for children anymore. They're doing um have you noticed kids stuff's become more um juvenile. More juvenile, more the pretend educational stuff because you know parents have to have they have to educate their kids. They can't just have them be entertained for a bit. And then you get to a certain age, there's the toy ads, which is just they don't try and do wacky for toy ads because kids won't. They might be scared kids won't buy their toys. So they, they become the actiony stuff or whatever, or the it, it's Bratz versus um, Transformers sort of style of stuff. I'm not saying anything bad about either of those. I'm just saying they go for a different sort of skew. And then the the wacky stuff like you would have gotten gadget originally that's sort of more popped up in things like adventure time and more adulty stuff do you know what i mean yeah i do but the you know like i said i'm just looking for the kind of stuff where you know you watch it as a kid and you know, oh it's cute it's funny and then you watch it as an adult and you hear the joke that's like a really raunchy joke and you don't get it as a kid as a adult you go ah ah ah, 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 ah. Yeah, no, i don't think you get that the closest to that was the simpsons for let's say the first 10 years I don't, I don't... well animaniacs did it too like crazy oh my god yeah yeah, tr- yeah true true Funny about animatics, like when they came out, because um, it was after Tiny Toons. I remember how bad Tiny Toons was. I just done. It's like, oh, is animatics going to be the same as Tiny Toons? More of the same shit. It's like, oh no, this is actually funny. Oh, okay. They got all the bad out of their system. Yeah, the, I think they learned because it was when Warner was returning to animation. You, you had that whole point where they weren't doing stuff, and then you had, you know, let's do this, you know, Warner Brothers cartoon with Tiny Toons, and it was trying to be like classic Warner's. You know what? You know what? Babies. I totally understand the John Chris Belusi's stance on the Tiny Toons, but I think him, you know, bashing Animaniacs was totally unfair. Yeah, yeah I agree. Because the Animaniacs, they really did try the, to learn from what Tiny Toons was, and you get some really cool, memorable stuff that's still memorable yeah. now. Like the the World Song is still great. Yeah, it's and one of my uh, favorites. It's educational and fun versus just educational and. <laughs> Educational and <laughs> educational and dull. Yeah, and you know what? Like I said, I, I respect John K for actually doing those uh, those uh, practice drawings of the Tiny Toons characters because they're hilarious. <laughs> but he really should have given Animaniacs a chance instead of just writing it off. Well, in yeah. his mind, Bob Clampett is like the king of animation, and anything that deviates from that is just kind of bleh. Yeah, it's just differing tastes. Yeah. So there's an Inspector Gadget rap, Neil. Oh my god. No, you're making that up, right? Please. Nineteen eighty five. Two early rap albums released with Inspector Gadget with the Inspector Gadget theme heavily sampled. Please tell me they didn't get Don Adam to do that. No, no, it's a no, it's a a rap group. You know what sampling is, right, Neil? Yes, it, it's when a rap group steals music and says, "Oh, we're just doing our own thing with it, so we're, we're so we can do that." And they uh, they just they just take music that someone else made and wrote, composed, and worked hard on, and then they just speak over it, and add a funky beat. <laughs> and, some, and occasionally scratch the record. You know, they destroy the music further physically that time. This time, now no one else. Will be- you know, and sometimes they add an extra beat so beat so that way it's not the same. Uh, uh. <laughs> Vanilla Ice, yes. Yeah, because uh, Under Pressure is dun 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 da da dun dun. But my Ice Ice Baby is dun 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 da da dun 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 dun. It's totally different. 
I remember was, that was on like Entertainment Tonight or something. He was answering the accusations like, no, that's the same thing. Plus two notes. <laughs> so, yeah. That was no, a dark era. <laughs> on the animation aficionados, we do love to slam the rap. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not of that era. I'm pre-rap. I'm, I'm an old fogey, so I'm allowed to do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Not, not my thing. Oh, actually, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Inspector, Gadget up, Inspector Gadget actually showed up again in the Robot Chicken. Again? He showed up twice. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Uh, the second one is kind of bad. <laughs> I'm just going to let you all read this. I'm not going to say it on air. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wowzers. <laughs> So what was uh, what was uh, some of Inspector Gadget's best uh, one-liners or catchphrases? Well, my favorite's the the "You can't be a Martian" one. Um, there's well, actually, no, how many of them weren't taken from Get Smart? Is a better question. Oh, because uh, his his best ones are like always on where Don Adams is doing basically Maxwell Smart, but dumber. What was what was some of Brain's worst outfits? Worst outfits because because they were they were just they were just disguises but it was basically just a dog walking upright in a suit yeah and Inspector Gadget just says who's that funny looking fellow I think the drag ones are the worst ones oh. with a dog and a dog in a wig oh god <laughs> with 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 lipstick on I remember the yeah look. yeah it's like you know, ah, that's just that's wrong on so many levels. Oh, it's 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 uh. <laughs> Wait, what's the home assistant? It's one? very cross-dressing. Yeah, you no, no, not this... so much the the dog with the makeup and the stuff. It's like yeah, it's, it's very it's, back. it's very it's very cross-dressing. It's I think I see, I think I've seen some web comics like that. <laughs> you couldn't have a show like this now. It's just like it would be micromanaged into the ground. It's like yeah, does yeah, the letter yeah. have to explode? Does the chief have to smoke? Does the dog have to be dressed as a woman? <laughs> Like, oh my god. <laughs> Just let us have Will, fun. No, wait. Will Penny's uh, guardian leave her alone in some foreign land? Because uh, she's obviously a minor. Just like to go off and do her own thing? There's, there's, there's problems like on multiple levels with everything. It's like, oh, okay, Penny, here you go. We're in France. Off you go. Yeah, off you go. Just drink, <laughs> drink wine like the other kids. <laughs> How does that work? But yeah, yeah well, a, you know they 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 like they like wine with most meals. So you just you just actually order and they just bring it to you. Yeah, but like, Neil's right. Like you would not get any of this stuff now because people were just so dancing around any kind of issues. I, I think I can remember. I think I actually remember the France episode because I think there was like a like the <laughs> the, the, the the two mad agents were like wearing berets and those and the striped blue red shirts yeah and the and little uh, bandanas and carrying and carrying baguettes <laughs> i remember them carrying baguettes it is a french loaf i mean what else are you gonna carry <laughs> i swear i remember them carrying baguettes neil i'm sure they did that's that's not something that skirt around on gadget they would get them there and i think the they're most... even watching some Jerry lewis <laughs> no Really? I'm, I'm sure. That the, I'm sure. I'm sure. If uh, more mad people show up, they they just surrender <laughs> because, no, no, because they weren't offensive enough with all the other stereotypes yet. Wait, no, they've only got two mad agents. I'm pretty sure it's just those two guys only. That's it. <laughs> well, I'm sure the French oh. still surrender. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was bad. 
You know I'm French. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a I don't think that's a French last name. Oh uh, yeah, it could be. I tried really hard. Travel the world? No. Um, but like they did, like, to be fair, Gage did the same for like the Spanish, the Greeks, Chinese, Japanese. It was always like the, they were. Well, always I, I remember when he was in, stereotypes in Switzerland. <laughs> I mean, actually, it was in Germany. They were wearing lederhosen. And... It's just going for like. Um... <laughs> it's almost as, as offensive as G Gundam with the with the uh, national nationalized. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever seen G Gundam? I've seen all the designs, but that's like the. <sighs> okay, in G Gundam, uh, the uh, the uh, Mexican because each nation has a Gundam, and they yes. like all compete in like a national tournament for some reason. I I don't even want to. And uh, the uh, Street Fighter was big at the time, and they wanted to have the fighting Gundam thing. <laughs> and the uh, and the Mexican Gundam had a giant sombrero. Yep. And the and the and the uh, and the Netherlands Gundam is shaped like a windmill. I wish you were joking, but I know this is all true. <laughs> it's shaped like a giant windmill deal. I'm sure it is. I remember in a Hobby Japan once, and I never watched the show, but Hobby Japan would always have the um, you know, versions of Gundams. They had done a Sailor Moon Gundam for G Gundam. I don't know if that was actually in the show. But it, it was. was like little, it was. And I thought it was just like some fans doing stuff. <laughs> The Gundam also, uh, the, the main character's Gundam also goes Super Saiyan. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, this is also known as Jump the Shark Gundam. Or Nuke yeah. the Fridge Gundam. Take your pick. It's the both. Well, well, G Gundam, you know, the, the, the Japanese Gundam is, you know, he has he has a master who, who's who's called Master Asia. Ah. Uh, yeah. 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 But back to the other robot show, Inspector Gadget. Was Inspector Gadget a cyborg or completely a robot, or you know, you know, Penny's his niece? But you know, you know, how much of him was biological? Would you say? I remember he, there were episodes where he ate and stuff. But I always assumed he was a guy like this. Is growing up in the six million dollar man though? Like he was a guy who became a cyborg, so he was human definitely because he's too stupid to be a robot. <laughs> I don't know. Some of those, some of those early computers were, you know, yeah. they, they, they might have been simple, but like, he's stupid. He's the man <laughs> yeah, they kind of, they kind of danced around the issue of how much robotics were actually in his body. I... It's, actually, it's probably all of it when you think about it. Well, you know he, what? Maybe something so horrific happened to him. Maybe it was like the opening to RoboCop, and, and that's, 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 <laughs> that's where I was going. Yeah, <laughs> he is just the skin of his face is all that's left of the original gadget. <laughs> the rest of it's all robotics. Because he's got the stuff in his eyes, the um, the uh, goggly things that come down, the stuff inside his head, the he's ear got, cone. He's got a full helicopter inside his skull. Um, well, he wasn't using that brain, anyways. Well, yeah, obviously. But, well, so like I said, like I said, maybe he was like a real good cop, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, they went the the first twenty minutes of RoboCop on his ass, and and that just shocked him so much that he decided to you know be a goof or something. I, well, I don't know if he decided to. I wonder if he's actually like. I'm sure they've seen a picture somewhere of Gadget without the jacket. <laughs> uh, no, not that kind of um, pictures. <laughs> did, did you just search and then all of a sudden get something that was something was extended? No, I did not <laughs> that. Thank go, you. go, Gadget. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I am sure I've seen a shot somewhere. <laughs> I, he's doing a physical or something one of the episodes. That's 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 how I seem to remember it in my head whether that's oh, happened. Or not. Oh, uh, yeah, he was he was he was wearing a wife beater and boxers. Ah, yeah. So you don't see like the metal leg stuff. Yeah, there's a really nice toy gadget with a trench coat and everything here. Uh, I remember up. if he pulls like one of the uh, buttons on his trench coat, he like uh, flights. Yeah, he he, he gets he gets like he gets like filled with helium, like uh, Super Mario World. Yep, yep. And he's got the roller skates and the and the skis. Hey, his hand is a phone. Yeah, it well, versus, could do... versus his shoe. Yeah, because he just holds it up like a phone. Well, like you used to hold up the old rotary phones. Kids, kids won't remember that because no one's got phones like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. At least it wasn't a party line. <laughs> I know it's got the little aerial on the thumb as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. I remember he has to like pull the antenna out of the thumb, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, man, all the stuff you remember." So I'm just going through pictures now, like just did an image search. It's like, wow, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Ah, I remember that bit now. Yeah, the, yeah. Brain had some really bad disguises, and and the thing is, gadget just kept on falling for them, thinking, "Who is that strange guy?" Not just who who's that dog standing straight up. <laughs> You know the dog ears don't give away with the dog nose, or <laughs> it's it's like why, why do they keep on why, why why whatever agency was it that they keep on the you know keeping keep Inspector Gadget on the payroll? I guess they just wanted to. Uh... They didn't have anyone else. <laughs> oh, that's actually quite clever. Isn't that cool? That's kind of cool. So a Vitruvian Man version of Inspector Gadget. <laughs> you see it, Neil. I'm opening it right now. It was even with the, the uh, Da Vinci style helicopter. <laughs> oh, that's that's genius. What was his lamest gadget? The key mm. in the finger? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to think about that one. It'll I'm not even sure it was a skeleton key. I'm sure it was. Cause he had other stuff like lasers and stuff and other fingers, but, but one of them was like a key. You're like, what the okay. Well, it, it, he, that way he doesn't need to carry a key ring. He just has his like his house and his car and <laughs> key to that one key. So he's like, but you what know that would make driving really hard. You know, <laughs> it's like you got one eye on the key thing and the other on the steering wheel. And if it's a stick shift, you'd be in real trouble. I think it was a stick shift. <laughs> you'd have to use like the extra arm in his head. <laughs> so he'd be driving with one of those one arm on the wheel from the, from his hat. One yeah, arm that's on right. The stick. <laughs> The arm, the arm in his head actually did stuff. Like he'd be reading a book and he'd be flipping pages with it. <laughs> so you can hold the book with both hands, and then the third hand just turns the page yeah. for him. And amazingly, nobody actually like nobody stopped to like stare at him because that would be very <laughs> alarming to see. <laughs> like he's out in public and he's doing something really wacky with his gadget, like when he's going shopping with Penny or something at the grocery store, and then they run into the chief, like it's like hidden in a, in a like a fruit bin. <laughs> and you know, no one's paying attention to to Inspector Gadget like grabbing like an apple from three lanes over with the extendo arm from his hat. Oh, well, why would you? It's, it happens all the time in that universe. Obviously, <laughs> someone's actually listed out all well, a whole bunch of gadgets. Gadgets. Oh God. Gadget binoculars. Gadget umbrella. Gadget coat. Gadget copter. Gadget cuffs. Gadget hands. Gadget legs. Arms. Neck. Gadget top secret gadget phone. Gadget set skates, gadget springs, gadget flower, flower, gadget ears, gadget lanyard. <laughs> what was he that? Gadget flaps, gadget hat off. 
Oh man, gadget periscope, gadget tie, gadget magnets, gadget mallet, gadget parachute, gadget respirator, gadget refrigerator, gadget, gadget siren, gadget heel boosters, gadget skis, gadget teeth, gadget windsail, gadget radar, gadget pulley, finger gadgets. Oh, here we go. Key, laser pen, screwdriver, drill bit, snow gun, <laughs> snow gun, corkscrew, flashlight, water pistol, whistle. And I love the picture they got underneath that. It's like it's Matthew Broderick. Is is not the real gadget. Yeah. Well put. Well put. But yeah, somehow it's a lot of gadgets, but somehow not enough gadgets. Well, you know, through all that, you know, the laser is the only thing that can be considered a weapon. What about a, oh, mallet? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> mallet's pretty much a weapon. It's not, okay, it's a tool. It's a weaponous tool. That's a new word I made up. Yeah, it's. <sighs> But yeah, it's uh, he's he's pretty much you know if uh, if they decided to make a corporate friendly uh, RoboCop. Uh... <laughs> well, it's a little known fact that RoboCop is based on Inspector Gadget, obviously. <laughs> go go RoboCop Spike. Well, you would definitely tell if you watched the RoboCop Alpha Alpha Commander. Oh, the TV's done. No, no. The, 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 the second cartoon. I've never seen that one. I've seen no, the one where RoboCop has go go RoboCop. Skates, Ro- go go Robocop extendo arms. No, no, Robo- no, 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 go no. go Robocop uh, glue gun. What you can't see me is have me now with my hands over my ears going, No, 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 that never happened. You're lying. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <sighs> Gadget Siren, I forgot that one where he has the police the- siren. It's in the credits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it's the other siren as well, but he does have it in the... I think, hang on, let's find some more gadget mobile information here. We were talking about that before. I'm sure it turned into a plane or in submarine episodes. <laughs> well, well, why not? It's But overall, it's always... It's always did Gadget ever really catch anyone or did he just sort of like fall down next to the bad guy after Penny and Brain orchestrate a trap? Um, I can't tell you for sure. Was he ever effective is my question other than just transporting Penny and Brain to the location? No, I'm just talking about the, the, the occasional times when he does stuff, but for the most part it's Penny and Brain said if you Brain does all the legwork. That's funny because Penny's the brains and Brain's is the legwork, the legs. That makes sense. And, so, and the Inspector Gadget usually tries to hinder Brain when Brain's doing the legwork, so... Yeah, and then eventually it all falls into place more than... That, that, that works, really, doesn't it? That works fine. And Inspector Gadget's always really quick to take a credit, too. Well, no, but in his mind, the, the Brain doesn't exist doing anything, so it's him... He was working on the case, and his other interloper came in there, he was trying to chase them down, and in the end, you know, he, he uncovers the thing. So in his mind, it's he's not stealing credit or anything. It's like, yeah, well, I did all that because who else was there? I it's sort of, like, sort of like Inspector Clouseau. Yeah, but there is no one else on the case, so I, I, I solved it because I was there. What's the name of that other, the, the, the actual cop that did all the work in those movies? Let's have a look. I don't remember. Neil, you remember that, right? Uh, <laughs> they were talking about that in the in that Bubble Fett special, remember? How that other guy's the real bounty hunter and Boba Fett just oh. sort of tumbles around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the uh, uh, at 1UP used to be a podcast on one on the 1UP.com. And uh, 
they theorized that that uh, Boba Fett was just this bumbling goof, and it was uh, Dengar was yeah. one, the real confident guy. Yeah, what it is is like uh, is like Boba Fett was trying to launch the slave one out of the Star Destroyer. He got lost halfway through it. He got stuck in the trash. And yeah. got jettisoned out, and he's like, "Oh, the Millennium Falcon." And that's oh. that's why that's why Dengar is always wrapped in bandages because uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> because you know Boba Fett will just like kind of stumble into the scene, and he'll knock Dengar over, and he'll land in the trash can or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, it was me. <laughs> I love that whole bit. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, there's like a, if if anyone wants to find this, it's on, it's still on One Up. There's like a four hour uh, best of at One Up on there, and you can just listen to it. I think it's like maybe an hour in, they get to all the Star Wars stuff, and it's just like four or five shows all all cut together, and it's just hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, I just love that. You know, Gengar is the real genius, and and both it just shows up, and I, I just love the whole the whole the plot plotting this this whole scene where where Boba Fett got lost launching the Slave One, and he gets stuck in the trash, and that's how he found the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and the weird thing is, it makes sense <laughs> because how else would he have guessed that that that, that they had docked on on the uh, on the Star Destroyer. Uh, well, if you remember, he wasn't a very good bounty hunter either because the first thing Vader does is like, no disintegration. He's actually wagging his finger at him. He's <laughs> wagging his finger like, bad. <laughs> and Because what kind of bounty hunter are you if you disintegrate all the time? You just show up with like a bag of ashes saying, oh, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't stand this because these people have obviously not seen the holiday special by the fact. Oh, we have. That was the that was the only good part of the holiday special. Oh, damn straight, that was the only good part. Everything else was trash. That was that was Delvana the... animation. Yeah, I think that was George was working on that and not working on the rest of the holiday special. So we, that's why you're not allowed to see it ever again. <laughs> um, but they did release that on the the DVDs. The, the, sorry, the Blu-ray release. They had the whole, that Boba Fett cartoon hidden away on the. Um, I'm hearing Neil run to the store right now because Neil wants that cartoon so bad. It's like it's a Blu-ray quality grab of just the cartoon, no cut in the middle with the the Wookie bullshit with the Stormtrooper thing. In in the Wookie grandpa watching porn. No, uh, no, but this, the cartoon breaks in the middle of this episode. There's a station break where it has okay. cuts back to the live action stuff. It doesn't have any of that. It's a perfect copy. You know, the whole start to finish. But it's hidden away actually, in the Boba Fett. Like it's, someone actually listened to me. Yeah. I've been saying that for years. I'm like, they need to get that cartoon and put it on the same disc with Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but get this, like, I don't understand. Like, they, there's no press for it. They've got to talk about all the other cool stuff they've got on the bonus discs for the Blu-ray. There is no mention of like, oh, and you've also got the holiday special cartoon with the first appearance of Boba Fett where he does all the cool shit you see him do in Jedi, but actually do it cool and not be a dick and get <laughs> like and get, know, get, get, get beat and get beat by a blind, blind man. Yeah, it's like, no, he beats both of them. He outsmarts Luke and Chewie and Han. Um, <laughs> the, the best line, our friend Boba. Oh, uh... <laughs> and it's got all the original voices. It's everyone doing voices and Carrie Fisher yelling and overacting. Actually, you should get that video. We should do it. I'll, I'll happily come back and talk about the Holly Special. It's one of my favorite cartoons. Oh, uh, 
What I love is in, in Return of the Jedi, you know, th- I think this is proof that Boba's really not that badass. Is yes, he turned his he turned his back on on Han Solo and Han was blind at the moment to shoot at Luke. But no, he didn't turn his back on just Han. He turned his back on Chewbacca. Oh, it's just a Wookiee. <laughs> it's like that it's a bitch death. He shouldn't have died like that. But it's what makes it worse is in the continuity where apparently, yeah, he had the comic where they made him escape, and it's like, okay, you got to that, that, that makes sense to a certain level. I can accept that. But he gets back in and dies by falling back into the Sarlacc pit. Oh, like, did Uncle Owen what? shoot him first? No. Oh, no. <laughs> he can hold yeah, up a he, whole he, he bunch climbs, of sand people he, with he, just he, a blaster. He climbs up out of the Sarlacc pit, and then there's Uncle Owen standing there, and like, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> That would be so awesome because it's just be Uncle Owen just showing up again. To, like you, you have comics that pump up these guys to be badasses, and then Uncle Owen shows up with a rifle, like get off my lawn. It's really impressive because uh, Uncle Owen died two movies ago. <laughs> hey, you know what? They had they had Boba Fett come back, and he was being no, you, played you just thought he died. If Ball can come back and Fett can come back from being killed like that. You can't stop Owen. You don't know that was Owen. He might have faked the whole thing. He, he might have. He might have taken down two stormtroopers, stripped them, and, and nuked them, and then escaped off to uh, to live uh, to live like on on a on a paradise beach with a with a with well, a, with, a, with, a <laughs> with a twenty year old hooker. I'm going to live in, in paradise, or Mos Espa. So he's like, yeah, he's faked the whole death thing. No, Uncle Owen is really the emperor. There you go. That uh, you ever seen them in the same shot together? No. They're not even in the same film together, ever. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Now, so, uh, <laughs> dismantling the Star Wars universe character by character. <laughs> but back to Gadget. <laughs> was Gadget Uncle Owen? He was for one moment. <laughs> Gary Owen. <laughs> Daha, exactly. <laughs> now, there's the link. It's not a very good one, I admit, but uh, I'm stretching. Yeah. So, uh, other, other than this, uh, you know... Is, is is there a box set out for Inspector Gadget? There is a DVD set of the first season or part of the first season. Ooh, I hate I hate partial seasons. I think they put one out and they... I know I've got one which I've watched a few episodes from, but it's not... Um, what's the word? All-inclusive? It's missing stuff. Is it like a mix and match? It's a four-disc set, so the first 22 episodes. Yeah, that's it. Uh. But it doesn't feel... Uh, it didn't have the episode I wanted, which was, uh, I think, a season two episode of Macho Miguel. Does it does it have any extras? Uh, yeah, it's got a making of, I believe. I remember there was watching stuff that they were talking about how they came up with Gadget in the first episode with um, Gary Allen and stuff, and they changed it. So, so some extras, some extras. That's good. It's uh, always worth it to have some extras. It's you know, I don't ever like it where there's no extras. You know, a Disney release. Yeah. I actually bought the import American version. I find it's an Australian release of Gadget, which has the only known DVD release of the original version of the Winter Olympics pilot episode with Gary Owen. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. So they do that. I love that. You, they won't put stuff out here for ages. And you buy an American one, and then the Australian one comes out. It's like, oh, look, here's the stuff that we didn't put on the American one, but, you know, it's extra. <laughs> <sighs> so That's okay. So you have a Region 1 DVD player and a Region whatever DVD player? No, no, no. Uh, what happened in Australia is because they put us on the same DVD region as Brazil for some genius reason. So we could even watch stuff from the UK. So uh, it's actually legal in Australia to have a, a region-free DVD and sell DVD player and sell them. So basically, you, all DVD players in Australia are region-free. 
And if oh. they if they if they're locked when you get in, they basically you go to the shop and they'll get here's the code to unlock your DVD player. Um, Blu-ray though is still um, coded, but obviously Blu-rays most Blu-rays they don't do region coding anymore because that's a bad idea. So yeah, all Australian stuff like you would buy American Power whatever because you know, your DVD player would play back because we're in the ass end of the world, so they're not releasing that stuff here. Well, I wouldn't say the ass end anymore. I mean, it's I mean, you, you, uh, Australia has given us a lot in the last century. Uh, <laughs> Yahoo, serious. Crocodile uh, Dundee. <laughs> Uh, men at work. So you're saying that not everything that comes out of the ass is shit. Mel, Mel Gibson? He's American. <laughs> no, really, he's like, that's American. He's an American who came back, he came to live in Australia, so he's an American citizen. He's always been, he was owned by Australia, because you had know, that, that thing where if someone's good and popular, he becomes an Australian. I don't know if you get that with the with um, your imports, but here, if someone does really well, all of a sudden, they're in Australia, so and so. Even if they're like well, most of the biggest names in Australia, even if they like stop, stop by for a two 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 months trip, huh? Oh, like someone comes over from England. Like they're born in England, and come to Australia. They're 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 you know they get claimed by Australian. Tons of New Zealand. Okay, tons of New Zealanders come to Australia, and they're the great Australian actors like Sam Neill, who's a New Zealander. But it's like having Canadians in America. You forget the Canadians when they're an actor. It's like it doesn't get mentioned. Well, we all we all know that uh, that uh, William Shatner is Canadian. Yeah, but you've got a lot of like actors like, oh, that sounds Canadian. Oh, I didn't realize that because it's never mentioned. It's like it's that uh, secret. Yeah, uh, John Candy's Canadian. See, Dan Aykroyd's Canadian. You, you can list off probably a lot more. Yeah, I know it's a. That's nothing against American actors, by the way. It's not a slur. I know it's, it's a, a, but yeah, yeah. Australia's given us a lot. Like, uh, well, right now we're giving you Terra Nova. That's, that's you know, that's funny. I'm watching that show. It's like, hey, that's. I never realized 65 million years ago it was down the road. <laughs> They're seeing all this lovely environment stuff. Going, I know what that is. Yeah, that's like an hour's drive away. <laughs> it's like, I always like to watch them when they make movies and stuff here, like. Um, the first Scooby Doo movie was made in Brisbane as well because they were they were making films here for a, a little that while. That movie that movie's terrible, but I I accept their apology near the end. It's still terrible. That apolo- I, I accept I, the apology. I accept the apology. Yes, Scrappy is the villain. Thank you. Yeah, I actually know a guy who worked on that stuff. He worked used to work uh, used to work with me, and then he went. Then, then, work, I forgive Scrappy. them for Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard for that. Hey, no, back off. Matthew Lillard did a really good Shaggy. For a live-action Shaggy, he nailed it. Okay, I forgive him for the Freddie Prince Jr., at least. Yes. He never he never worked as Freddie. And I and I didn't like Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne. She never, was never right. She was not bumbling, uh, danger-prone Daphne. She just never got it right. They, they, they made it, like, oh, I'm making a kick-ass Kung Fu. So I'm like, no, it's not Daphne. <laughs> at least she wasn't making a solar cell. uh uh a few to sell. Yeah, it's anyways, uh, back to Inspector Gadget. Well, you talk about the Gadget live action. No, we shouldn't talk about the Gadget live action. That, 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 that was worse than the Scooby-Doo movies. Really. Well, 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 we will glance at it. Though. Neil, what <laughs> is the movie about? Um, God, I'm trying to remember. It's, it's such a train wreck. It's basically the origin of both Inspector Gadget and Dr. Claw. Are, are, yeah. they, are they like created at the exact same time, are you saying? Yeah, I think they are. Cause, In the uh, same accident, maybe? Yeah. 
So there's this whole you created me, no you created me kind of thing going on. Yeah. And, and, then, and then the Joker showed up and killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Uh, and Don <laughs> Adams, in one of his final roles, played the dog. And there was a talking car, which sucked. Uh, and there was, oh, there was a, there was a clone gadget. They, there was an evil Inspector Gadget in that movie. And it was even more annoying. Uh, oh, my God. This, that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and did it have Matthew Lillard? No, not Matthew Lillard. Matthew Broderick. That's Broderick. worse. That's worse. Yeah. He, well, he was Gadget. Okay, so that's enough of that one, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's talk about the second one. I know nothing about it. I know there was the chick is a robot gadgety, better replacement thing. That's about it. And he wants to interface with her, uh, with her command ports. I just remember that was filmed locally, and I know some friends who worked on it, but yeah. I still say French Stewart is a slightly better choice than Matthew Broderick. Well, the voice is in the right range, and French Stewart plays a better idiot than Matthew Broderick. <laughs> what plays? Okay, he is an idiot. <laughs> you know, you don't see many. You don't see many inspectors running around with a trench coat anymore. You know, afraid that it <laughs> might open up. <laughs> Yeah, it does have a different connotation. There, go, though. go, gadget! <laughs> I just, I think we're all sitting reading through the stuff on the like Wikipedia. And, oh, what? Oh no, that's right. Oh god. Oh wow, I'm, I'm looking through all the actors. Like you got Bruce Spence was in it. He's the uh, the tall guy from Mad Max and um, the the gyro pilot. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, oh, so-and-so, uh, uh-huh, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. What do you think, guys? you think we got to wrap this up? <laughs> I think the movies have naturally killed Gadget, like they did in the real world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, so this is our Inspector Gadget episode. Uh, we will be looking uh, – what's what's next on the list, Neil? Um, I think we're going to have some pathetic uh, uh, defenses of some very bad DC animated uh, cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I notice it's Neil who says it's going to be a pathetic defense, not me. I yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been prepping Neil for for uh, for over a week now for this because uh, I, I think I need to get Neil a little bit more riled up. Uh, I, I am your host, Ben. Cheese, Mr. Neil. Uh, I'm Steve. All right, we're saying good night. <laughs> bye bye.